Hello and welcome to another episode of Speed Mentorship. My name is Matt Mackler, your host. Well, here on Speed Mentorship, our goal is to help you be a leader that others want to follow. We're going to do that by interviewing top-notch leaders who are world-class at what they do. We're going to ask them fun and challenging questions to get to the root of what ultimately makes them successful. With that... We have our guest today, Sean Savage. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it, man. It's, a, it's an honor. Very cool. So first question I got for you is just a little bit of background about yourself. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm the eighth of nine children, uh, Toledo, Ohio, and um, I uh, attended uh, St. John's Jesuit for high school in Miami, Ohio for college and, and the School of Business. Met my wife in college. And, uh, and convinced her to come back to Toledo, which wasn't an easy uh, thing to convince her to do because she's not from the area. But uh, she, uh, she bought in, and uh, so we've been back here, have six children, and uh, have been involved with our family business uh, for decades now. So it's somebody at, at, your, at your level, um, at your skill set, at what you do, what, what are some of the things that you typically do on a day-to-day basis? Um, whether it's in the morning or in between, you know, things, what does your daily routine look like? Well, I think it's really, I mean, I think it's kind of a mindset of, of how you look at life. So um, I look at my life through kind of three lenses and, and one of them is my career, um, which is, which is really important. Um, but also through service, um, which is kind of the second component. And then family is a third component. So I, I approach every day with, those three lenses in mind and uh, focus attention on, on all three of them throughout a day. Um, so I, my career is also, I consider it a hobby. Um, so I enjoy what I do. Yeah. So if, if I'm talking to somebody at eight at night, you know, regarding my, my work, I have no problem with that. Um, if my, uh, my wife calls me for an issue at two in the afternoon, you know, I'll embrace that and talk about the family. Um, if I'm working on a project or a board, uh, and we have, you know, uh, important items to, to deal with. Um, so I, I don't look at everything as a separation in life. I look at it as, hey, this is my mission. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And uh, and let's go ahead and, and embrace all three at, throughout the day. So. Um, and and from, a, from a success standpoint, um, what, what, are some of the, what are some of the things that uh, you think contribute to your success? Like what, what kind of successful habits throughout a, a day or a week do you do that um, give you kind of the energy level that you need to, to be successful? Well, the one thing I do, and it's 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 it started back in my twenties, and that was I take some time uh, every weekend, and and just to myself, and I kind of visualize what the week is going to be. Yeah. And I get out the the calendar. I look to see what we have on the docket, um, and I lay out. Um, what my priorities are for the week, and then um, and 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 kind of put it all down so that I have a roadmap every single week that I'm following. And those those involve also not only once again work related items, which that's 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 the bulk of the list. Yeah. Um, but it also involves other things that I want to get accomplished in life. And and uh, so um, things carry over week to week, and some of them are longer projects, some of them are shorter. Um, but I don't want to wake up. Monday or even go to bed Sunday night and feel comfortable because I know a lot of people get that anxiety, you know, as they go into the next week. Um, and I think it's a great way for me to just, you know, feel like as, as I lay my head down the pillow Sunday night, I know what's coming. Um, I know what I want to accomplish and, and uh, we go get it. Yeah. 
you're also an avid runner as well, right? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I am. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, some would say uh, a little bit over the top, <laughs> but I run every morning. Yeah. Uh, with, sometimes solo, usually with a couple other people about uh, 6, 6.15 in the morning. And, uh, and it's, uh, so running is a daily habit. In, in fact, um, I, I've got a, a six-year running streak right now every day. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and uh, so we're when trying to... Break. trying to keep running gonna it's going to break um you know my mantra is i know it's going to end someday yeah. i just don't want it to be today yeah. you know so, <laughs> so if i can if i can figure out a way to do it uh, it's typically going to i think it'll be injury or illness yeah. um but you know usually i've you know I've, I've faced both in those six years but not enough that i wasn't able to get it done that day okay and, and you know um Obviously, in leadership and in, in, in life in general, you know, one of the things we all struggle with is we all got weaknesses. We all have things, you know, we're good at some things, we're not good at some things. You know, how do you, you know, look at your weaknesses? And I think importantly is how do you, how do you cope and handle with some of those weak, uh, weaknesses on a, on a weekly basis or just in life in general? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was given great advice many years ago, and that was um, play to your strengths. Because um, if you try to work on your weaknesses, your weaknesses will become strong weaknesses. <laughs> uh, oh, so, that's really good. And so, you know, I think um, you're, you're much better off saying, where, where, where is my, you know, where am I at my best? Where am I of best value to those that I'm serving? Yeah. And then the, the areas that you're just not good in, which for me, uh, you know, paperwork items, um, uh, mundane um, tasks uh, that, that, um, that are associated with the work that we do. Um, also, um, I would say meetings that are non-client meetings for me um, drive me crazy for the most part, and so and now and that that is within my uh, within my industry. So um, what I do is I try to delegate all my weaknesses, and so I look for people around me, part of my team that are strong in my areas of weaknesses and then and they love they love to do the things that i hate to do okay and so you know i think that really makes for a team and then it allows me just to spend my time building on my strengths um which is really i think for what people want out of you um that is my best value i can bring is uh my, my best value is is working and building on those 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 strengths so on one side you got weaknesses on another side um you know we we all deal with this every day you mentioned anxiety a little bit but stress you know is a huge part and i, I think it's um i think it's an important question because i, I see some of the top leaders and one of the biggest differentiators between some of these top leaders is how they manage and cope through stress. So I'd be curious, um, you know, what are some of the things that you do to manage and cope with either your stress or anxiety on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. So something, you know, the, the, nobody knows day to day what, you know, what's going to, what's going to land on your plate. That's, that is, is a big problem, you know, or a real challenge. And so when those things happen and they are the most stress causing events and, and when they happen, my, 
reaction is to tackle that right away. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, if you just put it on the back burner, number one, it become a bigger problem. Yeah. Number two, it's going to be just sitting there. You have a little voice talking to your head. You got that problem. You got that problem. You know, so it's better to say, you know what, I'm going to go after that right away. Um, and so I think that's a, an important way to alleviate the stress. Okay. I also think, I mean, I also think my exercise, I really believe this, yeah. um, that it is it is a meditational process for me when I'm running, and so I do like to, to have a number of days a week where I actually I'm alone running because so much so many of the issues that I have or, or stressors they a lot of the resolution and ideas and thoughts come through that that running and I can't explain it other than it's just been my experience throughout my adult life and even as a youngster um, when I finish I feel just better about myself I feel like hey I've, I've, I've thought some things through and now I have a little bit better roadmap but I don't think on my own without that running I would have necessarily had the time or put aside the time because the one one other piece of advice that it was interesting, a CEO, a local CEO here that shared with me is, um, he said, it's important that in the, in the work of, of leadership that you actually spend time just to think. Because so many people spend all their time doing and they don't sit back and just think about um, the bigger picture and what needs to happen um, you know, on a, on a more macro level. And, and, uh, and that can be a real problem, um, I think for people. Um, so the, the kind of the next question, um, I have for you is, is revolving around like mantras and, and language that you tell yourself. <clears throat> and, um, from a mantras and language perspective, you know, this is something like, you know, just as like an example, at one of the leadership summits, I was recently at, you know, they had this, this guy would tell himself, you belong in any room that you walk into. I mean, just things like that. And I just was like, wow, like that's incredible. And, uh, and so I found like over the years, there's been like different mantras that have really resonated with me, but are there any mantras or language that you tell yourself, um, you know, regularly or you know, periodically that I think, uh, bring a lot of life to what you do? Um, I think, I think what we um, discussed relative to um, recognizing one's own weaknesses, um, I think is important. Once again, that's just to me, not that you dwell on them, um, but you, you understand that we are, we are going to make mistakes, um, that not every decision is going to be the right decision. Um, so I think the, the, to me, the mantra is, you, you, and this is something that I was preached at a young age and was really ingrained, and, and that is strictly working hard. Um, it is to get up every day and, and put tremendous effort in whatever you're doing. And that's just, people think of working hard as, oh, that person's, you know, maybe spending uh, 12 hours a day in the office or whatever the case might be. I look at it as just kind of set, set the world on fire every day um, because there's no... Um, there's no guarantees. You know, I was uh, at a client that age 58, um, I was at uh, his funeral uh, a little bit over a month ago. And, um, and, and, you know, I look at your father. Uh, my dad died at 62. Um, and so for me at age 51, if I was to follow that path, that means I have 11 years left. Yeah. Okay, now I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I think it, we don't, we, we're not here forever. 
And so if we, if we, um, if we get up every day and, and say everything I'm going to do, I'm going to put maximum effort into, um, we're going to make the world better. Uh, our, our kids need to see that out of us. Um, and that's another thing, you know, I, I, I have, um, older children, but I have some younger children as well. Total of six kids. And, uh, <laughs> I want my kids to see productive, uh, hardworking, uh, examples. Um, and, uh, and when you get into families where there may be, uh, some wealth, there may be, um, some success. Uh, I think the toughest thing to do is to keep that from the kids and, and teach them the hard way to go about being successful in life. And that is not giving them stuff, but teaching them what they need to do to, to do well in life. So um, we got a lot of young leaders uh, that are listening to this podcast. And, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, picture uh, a young you. And uh, I mean, I'm sure you could probably picture your kids and everything else too. But what kind of advice do you have for the next generation? What would it be? I would say uh, you don't necessarily have to be patient. Um, that uh, you uh, can uh, achieve a strong level of success at, at an early age. Um, you just have to, you do have to believe that um, you have what it takes to, to get it done. I really, be, I, I think that's critical. There were periods in my past, um, you know, as I reflect back into my 20s, um, into my 30s, where it just took me a while to really believe that this person could become a client of mine um, because you, I put, you put them on a pedestal. Um, and, and when you do that, um, you know, it's just, it's a mental hurdle to try to get through. And so it's really understanding that you do have the capabilities to, to, to drive and get yourself in a, a tremendous position at a young age. Um, the other thing I would, I would tell young people, is um, there are no shortcuts either. Um, so that um, there are going to be uh, terrible periods, no matter how you look at it. Um, I look at, at my career and um, thinking back to 08, 09, and that period that, that everybody, the whole world went through, uh, horrible, um, near depression, you know, moments uh, for, for organizations. And, and it was very, very difficult. And, and that was tied with also, and for me and my wife, a, a real personal challenge that we had with our family. And, um, and so those, you're going to have dark days. And, um, and with those dark days, you have to hold on to what you know to be true and you have to believe that there will be a better day. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember being at a microphone back in February of 09 when, I mean, it seemed like this, this thing was just never going to end. And, um, and, and just reminding everybody that, that it's always darkest before dawn and, um, and having to believe that there would be a dawn you know, that would, there would be a better day. And that eventually does show up. And, uh, so that was, uh, that was pretty powerful. With, uh, any sort of business or, um, you know, company in general, we're going to, we're going to face challenges. And, uh, so I think it'd be important to hear, you know, some of the biggest challenges that you faced in your career, um, maybe in life and career, but what are some of those biggest challenges? And I think more importantly, how did you navigate through some of those challenges? Yeah, so um, referencing 
that 0809 period again and, and a little bit a deeper dive there um, there was uh, a tremendous uh, uh, horrendous recession that, that folks remember well um, and it went on longer and went deeper than anything we've seen since the Great Depression um, so in terms of my professional uh, life um, it was it was exceptionally challenging um, helping clients navigate that and, and serving them um, was just it was it was really difficult because you start to actually um, when things get really rough you start to even question some of the basics um, at times like is, is am I giving the right advice to people to um, with as, as it relates to their their uh, finances and so the second piece it was it was I'll, I'll never forget this period, but once again, February of '09, um, when uh, the uh, the market was at its depth at that period of time. Um, at the same time, for my wife and I, we had uh, gone through a IVF procedure to have a ch child, um, and uh, and that was it happened in '08. But there were uh, embryos that were left over um, after that uh, that were frozen. And we went to have uh, additional children, and uh, we did what we call they call a, an embryo transplant at that point um, to my wife. And uh, we found out ten days later that she was pregnant, but the uh, the, uh, the 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 lab had made a mistake and transferred another couple's embryos to my wife. So we had a period of time where the stress level at my job was off the chart, and then our personal stress level um, with my wife ultimately carrying a child that we uh, made the choice for her she made the choice to to uh, have the child and, and we also made the decision that we would hand the child over to the biological parents at childbirth and uh, for any parent um, the idea of, of your wife delivering a child um, and you, as, as the father, handing that child immediately over to another couple for life um, is the most unnatural thing that I, I, will, I will ever do in my life. And um, happening at a time where the personal and uh, just loss that we were dealing with through that, at the same time dealing with uh, professional significant challenges, really tested our metal as people and, and how we were going to move forward um, through um, through what we thought was the darkest moment that that we we could ever face um, it's something that was so extraordinary um, in terms of an event um, it, and that we just had to work through that and uh, so I believe with longevity in any business or any life you you will face really difficult challenges and so that's where experience uh, does help so somebody throws to me something now that might be or appear to be pretty difficult you know I've got a deep well of really painful stuff that we've gone through and and successfully I think made our way to the other side and so when you have that to dwell on I think that there there's there's that's when I tell younger people make sure you're tapping into people that have the experience make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that have been through some of these um, 
periods of time, these decades of experience, because you can look at somebody, um, and you know, I, I remember growing up and you talk to somebody that's in World War II that went through that and maybe flew a bomber, uh, 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 you know, was was flying over uh, over Japan or over Europe. It's like, can you imagine, you know, what that would have been like? And um, and and with having us as humans not tap into those folks with that type of experience when we have the opportunity to do so. Um, so I think that's important. Somebody that thinks they have all the answers, somebody that thinks that they know everything, um, I think they're, they're, they're going to be soundly uh, uh, mistaken when they run into some of these really tough challenges in their career and their life wow. personally. So I love that. I love how you're even talking about using those challenges as a way to serve uh, mm-hmm. other people in the future. I think that's a amazing perspective and an amazing way to flip the bad circumstances and then ultimately use that as, as a way to be a light for somebody. So that's, that's incredible. Um, what, what are some of the biggest, um, what are some of the biggest leadership kind of errors that, that you see in young leaders and what's some of your advice for kind of navigating some of these, um, leadership issues? Yeah, I think, um, kind of the know it all, uh, I think is is uh, is is something that because in in life um, we can have tailwinds at times where it seems like everything goes well you know you could you can make a mistake and it doesn't have any impact you know um, and then there are times where the headwinds are so strong you can make the best strategic decision and you still feel like you're not making ground so I think um, that for young uh, younger leaders. Um, making sure that once again that they're they are surrounding themselves with with the experience and and tapping into it and i also think just listening um is is really important um we have um you know we have what we call huddles with our team and it is dedicated time that we set a time we set aside every two weeks um, where we do not talk about the day-to-day, the, the, the every-moment activities. We have a list of bigger-picture items, projects that we have going, things that are beyond that day-to-day uh, rat race that we make sure we're just spending time talking about those and moving those forward as we go along. And, and once again, it is taking that time. So I think um, young leaders... Um, it's the advice that the CEO gave me. It's just taking time to think, um, taking time to make sure that you're not so much in that moment to moment. And I find that sometimes the electronic devices can be really negative from the standpoint of, you know, if we're looking at email every second or trying to respond, you know, we're getting caught up in that and we're losing maybe, you know, the law, the bigger picture that we need to make sure we're, we're concentrating on um, so that when we, when we look look back over periods of time, we can see major advances. Major advances usually do not happen in the day-to-day. They usually have to, you have to usually take dedicated time to say, I want to get here with this. And it's a, it's almost like a special project to help you get there. So when we look at, uh, from a culture perspective, how, uh, you know, if you were to look at like some of the best companies and some of the best cultures out there, what are some tips and tricks that you have um, to create an engaging, flourishing, and ultimately successful culture in the company? Well, the, um, every organization's the length and shadow of one person. Okay, so the person at the top of the organization 
has to be somebody of ultimate character. Um, and because they set the tone, they set the tone for everything else. Yeah. When you see a rotten organization, I will show you a rotten CEO at the top. It doesn't come from underneath. It comes from the top. And when you see a culture that is, is you can actually feel the difference. Yeah. Um, it's coming from the top. And it's, it's all, you know, they, it's how, who they hire, it's how they train and it's what they, um, what they, uh, share with their team every single day that goes throughout the organization. And so that's critical. So starting at the top, having the top leader kind of set the tone and then, you know, from there, obviously what you're saying is each person that they're hiring needs to be the right person as well. Because if uh, any one of them is out of line, then you know that culture in that area is going to feel kind of the same thing. Absolutely, and and the the and also setting the the mission and the vision the way it needs to be. At, at our organization, our vision is to improve the lives of all we serve. Yeah. Okay. So that's different than a, a transaction oriented mentality. Yeah. It is everybody we come in contact with, and it's not just the customers, it is the coworkers, it is the custodian at night that comes by to pick up your garbage out of your, your, your office. It is, it's everybody, you look at them as you're serving them. How can you improve their life at that moment? And so I think that's important. It's very good. So I have to end on this question. You know, what, what kind of financial advice do you have for the next generation? And it could be technical stuff. It could be big picture, what, whatever direction you want to go. But what kind of financial advice for the next generation? Well, it, it'll come down to the, the absolute basics, and that is saving. Um, saving, having the discipline of saving um, sets everything else up much better as you go through life. And if you have, if you develop that habit, I was fortunate to grow up in a house uh, where my dad, uh, the founder of, of Savage and Associates, taught me at, at age five the value of saving and, and going and setting up a bank account and, and, and understanding the importance of putting money away. And I became fascinated with that at a young age. And so it became a, a true interest of me at age five, six, seven, eight, nine. And it's something that if I tell anybody, even if you look at your situation and, and you're doing really well and you have children or grandchildren, get them in that same habit. And my kids will, my kids will tell you, you know, they got their piggy banks and they get their money in their piggy banks from different things. And then we do go to the bank on occasion and they put the money in the bank and they get to see how much they have. And I think those basics lead to a life where someone's much more cognizant of finance and the importance of it. And if it does, those habits aren't started at a young age. I think they're much more difficult to pick up at an older age. Very good, Sean. Well, hey, I appreciate your time today. Sure. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Appreciate it. Well, hopefully you guys found value in today's episode. I could tell you my top takeaway was um, his weakness analogy. When you focus on your weaknesses, you're going to have really strong weaknesses. And I know for me, um, 
that is so, so true. And so I always try to make sure that I'm focusing on things that I know I'm really good at, surrounding myself with people who are fantastic at all those things um, that I am not great at. Uh, if you guys did enjoy this episode, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. And as always, thanks so much for being a part of our leadership community and look forward to seeing you guys on the next one.